Hey, good morning. Good to see all of you. Thank you so much. You're crazy. You're awesome. You come out here in this mess. Thank you so much. It's James Murphy's fault. That's why you're here. I trusted James. You know, he told me he was going to be on not too much snow. But anyway, now that we've thrown James under the bus, uh, look, each one of us, we want to live our lives to reflect what we value the most. The, you see, but there's nothing worse than knowing the person that you, who you want to be and not seeing that person in real time in your life, right? That, that's tough to, to go through life in that way. Now, we're doing this series called The Beautiful Life. And, and in this series, what we're doing is we're going to the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew. It's in the New Testament, first book in the New Testament. And we're taking these statements called the Beatitude, these nine statements that Jesus makes that speak to who you are. He's not saying who you need to try to be. He's saying this is who you are when you believe and follow me. And we're taking those nine statements, and then we're going over to a group of uh, words in the Bible in Galatians, also in the New Testament. And there, there's a section of the Scripture known as the fruit of the Spirit. And these are characteristics, nine characteristics of one spirit, the spirit of God that is in you, coming through you, and that from your life, you would be, uh, these characteristics would be evident in your life as you follow Jesus. This is who you are, and when you're living out who you are, this is what comes and what's evident in your life. And what we're saying is, we kicked off 2019 saying, hey, this is, although we all might have a different idea or a different view of what's beautiful, this is God's plan and design for what a beautiful life is. When we take these nine Beatitudes and line them up with these nine fruit of the spirits, this is what a beautiful life looks like. This is what a beautiful you looks like. And we want this in 2019. And now, so when I was uh, finishing up, when I was sort of reviewing uh, my notes and the message this morning, uh, and uh, my brother Michael and his wife Felicia and their sons uh, Jake and Michael, they're here visiting with us. They head up to Smuggler's Notch uh, almost every year or every other year. And kind of with that in my, in my mind and, and preparing for the message, it, it reminded me um, of something that took place about 20-something, well, 24 years ago, right? Because their anniversary was in February. They're here with us today. By the way, they're, they're here today. And about 24 years ago, they're, they're getting married, and Christian and I, we're engaged, and we're going to we're gonna we're gonna go down to Florida uh, to you know to to get you know to be there be at their wedding. Um, we got to go to New York first. We go to New York to pick up my grandfather. He's about 86 or 87 at the time, and we're gonna fly out of Kennedy Airport in New York uh, down to Florida. We got to get there the day before the wedding for the wedding rehearsal. Really important, and of course it's another reason to throw a party and go out to eat. That's what Italians do, right? And uh, so we get to the airport. Now, now, granted, we get there with not a, not a lot of time left. That's just my speed, and it still is. You know, I don't like to sit around, so I just really kind of cut it close, you know. But, you know, my grandfather is 86. He's not 90, so he still can run a little bit. And, and he's used to this, by the way. There are times where I literally had to pick him up and put him on carts. And <laughs> so uh, we get there, and with it, we're within the time frame reasonably. The place is packed, and they begin to say that we've overbooked the flight. I'm not too worried because, you know, I'm getting one of the advantages of traveling with my grandfather, and I would do this often. Then, one, I got 10% off all my flights because he was an old guy. Two, I would always get to get on the plane first 
you know, because not just that he was elderly, but I would, you know, tell him, like, look a little sick, you know, just like, you know. And so, so I never would get bumped from a flight because I was with him. Often get on, you know, to, you know, get, get to board the plane quickly. And so next thing you know, they, they call us up and they, they tell me I'm bumped, you know. So I said, okay, you know, I forgot, okay, they don't, they don't realize my situation. I got an old guy with me, 86, I'm going down to a wedding. Eh, I don't like what I'm hearing, but I'm just going to tell them and then they'll fix it. So I tell them what's going on. They say, okay, well, let's look into it and I'll call you back up. So I go and sit down. Yeah, no problem. They call me back up and they say, you know, we apologize. There's nothing we can do. We have to bump you. Well, man, it doesn't go well at that point, okay? I, uh, I, 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 you know, first thing, I just give the guy a glare. Now, my glare isn't what it used to be. I still have a pretty nasty glare, but I give him that glare. I then, I say some things. They're just not nice. Let's leave it at that. I, I, I probably am doing that to the table and I'm just I'm just intense and I go and I sit back down as I'm walking back to my seat I've got like you know your tickets and stuff I throw it on the floor and I turn around and I just drop in the seat and I'm just like you know looking around I, I want them to see this you know this is part of what's going on here I wait about maybe several more minutes I get up I go back to the counter and I I lace into them you know, and I, I, I tell them how they're being incompetent and how they're being responsible, and I have a seat, and I, I give it to them, and I go and I sit back down again. Now, even before I went up the second time, there's Christy, my grandfather, and now the whole place is pandemonium, this conflict, this chaos. It's February. People want to get down there. They've overbooked, and there's Christy sitting next to me, and she's, she's saying, you know, David, it, it's okay. You know, I'm okay. It, it's all right, and and of course, I don't want to hear this, you know. I don't want to hear it's okay. And, uh, and, you know, and she now, when I really get upset, she's really speaking. She's going to listen. You, just, you know, you just want to trust God, and, and we're here, and we're okay. And, and, you know, we're going to get there, and it's going to be okay. It's a wonderful time in your family's life. And it's not really what I want to hear, you know. It's just really, you know, but I'm hearing it, but it's not really what I want to hear. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to make my third go at this. I'm going to really lace into these people. I'm getting on that plane. This is what I do. This is who I am. I control, man, okay? I control. I push. I manipulate. I'm going to get on this plane. And Christy, here's Christy, you know, just, just now with her hand, putting her hand on my shoulder, speaking kindness, speaking truth into my life. And I'm ready to get up and thrust and go at it. And, and I just... I grab myself, I keep walking, I get to the front. They see me coming, and their face looks sick, like, oh, no, here he comes. <laughs> they, got, they, they got this, like, disgust slash, like, worry look on their face. And I get up to them, and I'm like, um, hey, you know what? I shouldn't have spoke to you like that. You don't deserve that. Uh, I apologize. You know, you're, you're doing the best you can. It's pretty crazy in here. Thanks for making the attempt. And, but again... You don't deserve to be talked to like that. I apologize. And, uh, you know, I hope, hope everything works out. Have a good day. And I just turn around. I didn't feel good about it at all, by the way. And, and I knew it was the right. I, I knew. I mean, I, I knew there was something wonderful going on in me. I knew this was the better of me. Uh, and, and, and I wasn't glad what I was saying, but something in me was. And I went and I turned around. And I kind of like dropped down in my seat. And I kind of pouted. I put my head down. Like, because I knew I was giving up. I'm like, this is, <laughs> I knew this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to settle for what the situation is. I, I'm, I'm, and I just kind of pout and I put my head down. And uh, so there. So what happened there in that situation was Christy was a peacemaker, right? She, she brought peace in the midst of the chaos and the conflict. Instead of creating conflict, instead of contributing to the conflict, 
you know, which is my culture. That's what we would do, right? I came from a crazy culture of conflict and chaos, right? Yeah, you think you can bring chaos? I, got, I can up you and bring more. You know, we thrived on conflict, right? No, no, Christy was bringing peace. Now, today we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, and then we're going to go to Galatians 5, 22. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, this is our beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And then our fruit of the Spirit is, but the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. You want to check in today, really. Uh, this entire series, I, I believe, is a discipleship series. It's one for growth spiritually. Um, this message here, I think it's, it's just so, um, it, it's going to resonate in some of you. In all of you, of course, it's the Word of God, it's who we are in Christ. But in some of you, I think it's going to speak to an area of your life and your relationships that's not what it should be, not where it is. And, and if you embrace this, really, within hours, perhaps days, you're going to see a radical change in your life. Now, we've been, as we've been going through this series... We've been teaching that the word blessed here, oh, how blessed are the peacemakers, that the word blessed here means, in the original Greek language, happy. It, it speaks to fortune, how fortunate. Oh, how happy are the peacemakers. Now, I'm going to give you something really deep here, really deep for you. Peacemakers make peace. Right, yeah. Now, if you're from Winchenden and you need a further explanation, just meet me afterwards and I'll, and I'll share that with you. And you, yeah, I know. I pushed the Winchenden people over the edge. You're like, okay, we drove all the way here in the snow and all this nonsense, and now you're poking and you're insulting us. Yes, okay. I love my Winchenden friends. Oh, how happy, by God's grace, are the peacemakers. Now, the reason I shared this story in the beginning is that my wife, Christy, she's a peacemaker, right? And I've benefited substantially from this in my life. My kids have benefited. Uh, My sister-in-law, Felicia, who's a psychologist, she works with people. She often tells me, because people will speak well of my children, she says, you know, the the reason why your kids are like this is because of Christy, because of her demeanor, her nurturing, her peacemaking. Gives me no credit. That's another story. But uh, but no, no, and and this this truth, what, what Christy did for me that day when she was my fiance, was to demonstrate to me, hey, hey, you know, when things don't go the way you planned, you control freak you. She didn't say that to me, but, well, you know, yeah, because, you know, if you're a control person, you're likely have a tendency to be anxious, and, 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 and more than not, you're trying to maneuver and to manipul- manipulate things to just soothe your mind and trying to foresee in the future, thinking you're going to put it together, but we don't put it together, do we, right? And we got this terrible future orientation going on, and, and God's given us the ability to look in the future like no other creature, so if we just pause and stop and settle in and trust Him, we'd have the view. We'd have the better view, right? That's how it would work out. But not me. I'm a mess. But now Christy turns around and she demonstrates to me clearly, hey, this is what it looks like when things don't go as you planned, when things come hard on you, when you've been massively inconvenienced, this is what it looks like and how you should respond from your faith in God. It's a beautiful thing. And she does so for my children as well. So, but imagine if she wasn't like that. Imagine if she was more like me. Well, at least the way I was. I've progressed. Really, I've progressed. I've come a long way. I really have. Thank you, honey. Um, and, and, but imagine if she was like me. We'd be like the WWF man. I'd come along like, bop, 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 bop. And then she'd come along and say, yeah, that's right. How could you? You know, I'd come along like, boom. 
I mean, we'd, we'd be an awesome team, I'm telling you. We'd be like taking people out left and right with my skills to, you know, oh, it'd be, it'd be great, man, you know? But, <laughs> but, but that would not bring peace, would it? That would have, what, what, what good would have done that day if Chrissy would have joined me in the offense, if Chrissy would have joined me in the irritation and the frustration? What good would have done? You know, my poor grandfather hadn't drank in like, he was a massive alcoholic, he hadn't drank in like 40 years, but they sent him back into the bar, man, right? I, and to this day, what, what good would it have done to just go that road? If you don't bring peace, it's not better for you. It's not better for your situation. It's not better for the people you love. Huh? Christy was happy in that moment. Not, not saying she preferred, you know. Of course, she got to sit there alone with me for a while longer. So maybe she was happy, I guess, right? I was just as handsome then as I am now, I assure you. But, but, but Christy was happy because she was living within the confines of her faith. She was living under the protection and the provision of an almighty God. So she was, she was good. She was glad with who she was. She was living out with what she believed in. And, and so she was anchored. Anchored's a nice place to be, right? Stable's a cool place to be. Whole is, is good. And, that, and this is what peace is, that regardless of what's going on around you, you're good, man. So Christy was bringing peace and she was living in peace. A peacemaker is someone who's living in a world of conflict, seeks to bring peace, meaning, ready, to bring healing to brokenness, to try and fix what's broken. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. Blessed are the peacemakers. Not who you should be, but who you are. You need to understand that as a believer in Jesus, this is who you are. This is what you want to identify with. This is your narrative. This is the story you're telling yourself over and over and over again. This is who I am. I am a peacemaker. That word peace in the original language, we said a few weeks ago, it's that word shalom. You know, we, we said that that word when, in, its, in its meaning, in its original language, it, it says the, means the way things ought to be. There's a, a guy named Cornelius Plantiga, and I really dig the definition he puts out. It's a broad definition of this word shalom. You know, he says it's, it, it means far more than a peace of mind, far more than a ceasefire. He says shalom means a universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. A rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed. Nothing passive here. Under the ark of God and in his love, a state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as our creator and savior opens doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. Wow, how cool is that? We often think a peacemaker is someone who's kind of passive, you know, in the midst of all conflict, they're kind of just doing the Yoda thing or the, the Zen thing, you know. No, no, no. Peacemakers are passionate. They're intentional. They're proactive. They're employing their gifts. I love the way you say that. They're, they're employing their natural gifts fruitfully. 
Sometimes people come into church and be like, you know, yeah, well, you know, I've got giftings and I've got abilities and and I want to use them. And and they often put it out of context. Like, man, use all your giftings and all your abilities and, and put that into peace, man, right? Be a peacemaker first. Don't ever think that you'd be wanting to turn around and exert your ability to use your gifts and abilities and somehow be divisive. This is apart from God. In the first service, I said, this is what musicians usually do. Then I apologized to my worship team, and now I just did it again. How do you like that? <laughs> we, have a, and I, we have a wonderful worship team, yes? And I'm grateful for their hard work. And, and they, actually, they're a great example of, of harmony and, and, and of bringing peace. And, and the more they've come into a place of harmony and they've brought peace, really, the greater their giftings and abilities have become. Would you, Jeff, would you say that's right? Absolutely, and big time. You know, me and Jeff, we're on the same team. <laughs> no, no, really, it's the truth, though, right? It's just so true. You know, peace is powerful. Now, some of you think, man, this world, just, it just seems to be this, our country, this world, peace just seems to escape us, and it's true. It's a tough time, and really, the only time in human history that we had kind of shalom, if you will, this shalom we're talking about was, was in the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden. And before the fall, there was perfect shalom. Things were flourishing. The way, things were the way they're supposed to be. And then paradise was lost, right? The, the, the great ending of this story is that because of Jesus, paradise will be regained, yeah? It will be reacquired. God is looking to do something beautiful, a beautiful thing in your life. And in our generation, as we respond to Jesus and truly follow him and decide to be just, just decide to be who we are, who he's put into us to be peacemakers. Now, often when we hear about Jesus' death and his resurrection, and that is the good news, meaning it is the good news, it is the gospel, though it's not to be left at that. That good news is meant to have radical implications on our life, how we live. You see, it's just insufficient to say, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he was raised from from the dead. I believe he lives. And then go on living my life as a creator or contributor to conflict. It's, it's that we're living out that way is the antithesis to Jesus. It's one of the reasons why I had such a hard time on coming to the whole Christian thing because I was submerged and saturated in conflict, the way I thought, the way I behaved. And so it really, and in one ways, it was so restful to me and calming to come into a group of, of Christians and, and to be around them. It was just like, I would say, it just was like, the, the reason I went out to be with them when I was 28 for that Saturday morning when I saw this beautiful woman is because I had like crazy, massive conflict going on in my life so much. I'm like, okay, I just, I just, I just need a break from this, man. Let me, let me get out and go by those Christian people and just be calm and just, just gather myself. See, see, we, as those who prescribe to and believe in and hold to Jesus, we do not want to be, I'm sorry, we are not and we should not be living out a life of conflict, creating or contributing to it. It's not who we are. It's not what we want to identify with. And, and, and that's, that's, that, that's hard for two reasons, my, my, my assessment. One is the culture around us so embraces conflict, so... Uh, is welcoming and comfortable with, with just unhealthy conflict. 
and contentiousness and, and, and divisiveness. And, and culture will rub off on you. We're not against culture. We leverage culture. But, but we as believers are often kind of running countercultural. We want to enter into culture saturated with the gospel of Jesus Christ and our trust in him. So it's hard. But remember, culture is culture. Christ is Christ. Don't become a tasteless, odorless gas, man. I said gas, right? Okay. Thank you. Sometimes I make mistakes, and they're all over me about it. There was one a few, weeks, a few months ago, the ask thing, right? Yeah, okay. All right. So anyway. <laughs> so, but now there's another reason, and, and, and it runs kind of, it's deeper and, and maybe unknown to, to many of you. And again, it's something that I, I suffered with. And it's this thing we call hypervigilance, where maybe, you know, just as you came up in your life, uh, you were mistreated, abused, abandoned. And some of you, and that doesn't, you could be living in a middle class uh, home, upper middle class, whatever. Uh, this, this knows no race or socioeconomic background. These things happen. And in that, you just came to one, be very protective of yourself. It worked then. It got you through it. It helped you then. But now as you're going on and living out your life... It's like, you know, it's like having anti lock brakes great in the snow and ice, but now you're driving down a nice country road, it's a beautiful day, and they, boom, like, whoa. And, and you're living out your life in the, these protective measures that really don't belong here, and it's really holding you back from trusting in God, and you're in this hypervigilant way, meaning you're in this mode of thinking, and we, I've said this before, of thinking, Who's against me? Who's going to hurt me? Who can harm me? Who's going to abandon me? Who said, did they say this about me? Me, Christy, it's been a struggle in our marriage, and not me against her, but, you know, and and, and again, where I'd be like, you know, I would be like, you know, did you hear what they said? She'd be like, I I don't think they meant that. I'm like, you you don't think they meant that? Like, what what do you think they, you know, like, what could they possibly have meant other than that? I'm like, you know what, because you're just such a nice person. You know, not everybody's not so nice as you. And I was in this hyper-vigilant state. Not what God would have me. Not the beautiful life God would call me to. And in that place of hypervigilance, I'd now create conflict. I'd nurture conflict. I'd contribute to conflict. Versus being a peacemaker, huh? I just want to tell you today, if you're in this place, it's not who you are, man. It's not. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. Identify with being a peacemaker. Don't identify with that past. Don't identify with what worked years ago. might have been emotionally necessary. Identify with the new you and who you are in Jesus. Yes? All right. So I want you to ask yourself this question today. Am I a conflict creator or am I a peacemaker? Who will you be today? You know? Right now, a lot of you are thinking, well, I've been going to church for 10, 15, 20 years. I'm a peacemaker. Pause. Are you? Are you a peacemaker? Sometimes when we hear these words come at us, you know, I know I, I did it in the beginning for a while, you know. Uh, I believe in Jesus. I'm coming. I'm, I'm doing good things. I'm giving, and all this stuff is okay. And so, well, okay, here comes this truth about peacemaking. Okay, well, it doesn't apply here. Oh, it doesn't apply to this situation. Oh, yeah, well, that person did that. And, and we begin to categorize it all, right, to, to kind of protect ourselves and keep our mojo going. No, it applies to all things, meaning don't justify here. Don't filter this. Let this settle in. You, all of who you are, the depth of your being, you are a peacemaker as one who believes in Jesus, right? 
Be bold in your faith. Think about it. Imagine if you use all those giftings, all those abilities, all your energy, all your resources to be a peacemaker. Life would be beautiful. I'm telling you, the scripture tells us Jesus lived it and preached it. Life would be beautiful. This is what Jesus did. What did Jesus hold back to be a peacemaker? What? Nothing. He gave it all, spilled his blood, gave his life to be a peacemaker. That is the standard Jesus gave us. Let's live to that standard. Not looking at the world, not looking at culture, not looking at what people did. Let's look to Jesus. Now I'm going to read you some scripture. You might hear these words. You might remember them from uh, often at Christmas time. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. It says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. His reign on David's throne, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. And from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That's it. He's the Prince of Peace. Jesus comes. These words were written about Jesus hundreds of years before he was born. It's what they call the prophecy. Isaiah the prophet speaks about he who is coming. And he came, and this is what he was. He was a prince of peace. Jesus is peace. So now we go back to, you know, what it looks like, right? Christy bringing peace. Christy honoring God, you know. And, and in doing that, when she did that, when we do that, we... We bring it into our spaces where we're interacting with people and it makes a difference. And you, I want you to know that, that it makes a huge difference in your life when you live out that way. I just want to see something here. When we're living out a way that brings peace, it makes a massive difference. I'll figure it out. So sometimes we look around in the world around us and the problem seems so massive. Like, like what could, uh, in this moment, in this situation, me investing all that I am to bring peace, and who knows if I'm going to actually see something tangible, a tangible result, result come from it. It's just not worth it, right? But no, no, be passionate about it. it be, as followers of Jesus, be passionate about bringing peace. So, you know, and, and Mother Teresa said this. Uh, Mother Teresa, uh, Catholics call her as Saint Teresa. She's a, an incredible woman. And she lived in Calcutta, India. She lived there. She stayed there for many, many, many years. And, and, and literally was a significant part of helping to care and feed and, and, and support hundreds of thousands of people. I think that's, yeah, easily. And she said this. She said, if you want to feed 100 people, start by feeding one. One person. Bring peace to one person. Reach out to one person. John Van, Van, John Van Jo, I think his name was, he lived uh, in the 1950s in a time where the way they cared for people with physical disabilities and mental disabilities, just it's, it's not something that was admirable. I mean, I mean, they did what they knew, and they weren't well-trained and, and well-informed. And, and, and these people with mental health, serious mental health issues and physical disabilities, they'd be isolated and separated from society. And the institutions were really overall terrible. And, and, and he just said, something's wrong here. This is not what God intended. They, they should have human interaction and human uh, compassion. 
you know, to what God intended. And so from his faith, he takes two men, one with physical disability and one with a mental health disability, and he brings them into his home to live with them. And he calls it the ark. He calls his home the ark. This is what he calls the whole thing. Him and these two people. Today, there's over 300 arks around the world. And they are caring for, t- I think, thousands, maybe thousands of people with physical disabilities and, and mental health disabilities because one man decided to help two people to make a difference, right? To, to bring peace in all their chaos and all their turmoil. He brought peace. Peacemakers make peace. And a great way to make peace, first and foremost, is to have peace with God. Peace with God and the peace of God. This is the great gift we have here on earth, is to have this. If you don't have internal peace, you will not have external peace. There's nothing you could do. There's no self-help book. There's no strategy. There's no diet. There's, no, there's nothing that's going to bring you that external peace like the internal peace you receive when you come and make peace with God. And that's what we're inviting. You know, Easter's now, I don't know, today is Easter's maybe four or five weeks away. Wow, it's on us. It's a big deal here at Cheer City. We, we expect to just, we're going to have three services. We expect to pack the place. We know that we're going to see people far from God coming in here for the first time. Many of you had that experience and you're still here today. When you invite somebody, that's what you're inviting them to have. Peace with God and peace of God. It's something you have. It's something we want to share. So begin now to make a note of who you're going to invite for Easter. Now be committed. I'm going to be inviting this person. We're encouraging you to write it down on a piece of paper, on, a, on an offering envelope, on the connection card, on something, and write their names down and put it into the black boxes, and we will pray for them. We will keep you know, tallying up the list and praying for these names, and then invite them. Over 50% of people who are invited to an Easter service in this country will go on Easter. So you've got a 50-50 shot of inviting somebody and seeing them coming here and have the opportunity to have peace with God. Man, you need to do that over and over and over again, yes? And I'm going to tell you, we are going to have a blast in here on Easter. We always do. This is just going to be an incredible time. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peace characterizes God's children Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say, Zion, your God reigns. The good news, of, the good news is that Jesus is peace. He sacrificed himself. Did you hear that? Jesus sacrificed himself. He brought peace between you, between me and God by sacrificing himself. So here's what I want you to know, because I just, I'm going to tell, I want you to apply it to your lives, and I want you to know what you're walking into. When it comes to areas of conflict in your lives and in this world, for there to be peace, there must be a sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. If you're going to be a peacemaker, you must be willing to sacrifice. You must be willing to take it on the chin, right? So in that story I gave you, I, in that moment, I took it on the chin. When I sat, after I walked up there and gave the apology, and then I turned around, I walked back to my seat, and I just sat there and just put my head down. It's like, okay, there, I did it. I I sacrificed right there my plan, what I had done, what I had put together, 
was gone. I sacrificed it. I, I, and, and I did it for what I knew was for Christy and for my grandfather, for my, my faith in God and whatever. Just, I just did it, man. It was the right thing to do. There was a sacrifice. You know, I'm sitting there soaking and they announce, they call, I hear my name come out over the, over the uh, intercom system in the airport. And I'm, I'm probably from maybe here to like maybe where the, the cage is over there. So I, uh, I get up and uh, I walk over there. I walk up to him. I'm to the counter and I'm like, uh, yes. They're like, oh, hello, Mr. Cholanga. I said, oh, hi. They said, I'm, uh, well, here, here's what we're able to do for you. I said, oh, do for me? Yeah, I'm listening. They're like, well, we've got a, uh, we've got a $70 voucher for food, so you and your uh, fiancé and your grandfather can go and have something to eat in one of the restaurants here. Uh, here. I said, well, thank you. They said, and, um, and we're going to get you on another flight, not this flight because we have no room, but we've gotten you on another flight. It leaves 45 minutes to an hour uh, later, but it's a, it's a nonstop. That was a stopover, and you'll actually get there a little bit, about 20 minutes earlier or a half hour earlier you know, then you would have with that, so you should be okay with your time now. Oh, and by the way, you're in first class. Woohoo! All right? You're in first class. And they said, oh, just one more thing. I'm here $600 in uh, airline vouchers to fly with us anytime it's on us $600. And I'm like, so I have to choose one of these? He said, no, it's all yours. You have a good day. You see, it's a beautiful life, right? It's a beautiful thing. Now, I could never have done that just being me. That, I, I carry, I carry, you know what? You, the $600, which got us to our honeymoon in the Caribbean, right? Hanging out, knowing that I had done the right thing and eating in the restaurant was cool. Sitting in first class, my grandfather, the guy grew up in a depression. Seeing him sitting in first class was a comedy, man. I'm telling you. All these stories still go on in me. But all that, to have that moment, you know? Mm. And it, it all comes when I abandoned my plan and my way and I said, you know what, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm just going to bring peace now. You see, peacemaking is powerful. Do you hear me, people? It's so much greater than anything we could piece together, right? But in order to be peace, there must be a sacrifice. But I'm telling you to this, in this context, because whatever you're sacrificing is worth so much less than what God has for you, truly. The good news is that Jesus has done everything that needs to be done. He took our place. Yeah, yeah, Jesus took our place and, and when we got it wrong, and he said, I'm going to take what you deserve. I'm going to take it on me. And by the way, it's going to be costly. He shows us, he demonstrates that reconciliation, bringing peace is costly, right? If you want to be a peacemaker in your home, in your family, in relationships, at school, in your job, no, it's going to cost me something, but I'm doing this to honor God because this is who I am it's in me. I'm living out who I was called to be, designed to be. I'm living out what I value. Yes, what I value and who I want to be is living out in real time now. And man, at the end of the day, when my head hits the pillow, that's a cool thing. That's a beautiful thing. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Look, you're going to have to die a little bit to yourself, but it's going to be a beautiful thing. So now we're going to turn around and we're going to take the beatitude in Matthew 5. 22, and we're going to link it with that fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit, of the, the fruit of peacemaking is faithfulness. This is powerful, right? 
When peace is not there, life is not beautiful. Without question, right? Matter of fact, it can be pretty ugly. Relationships are marred, distorted, far from what they should be. We tolerate them. We hang in there with them, but it just weighs on us. It wears us down. And it's not easy to bring peace into a situation, right? We make, what happens is we, we make the effort. We come out kind of, even like as believers especially, mostly, we come out like his kind of gangbusters. We're, we're charged up. We're psyched up. We're going to bring peace to this situation. It's like we got a new toy, and we're going to play with it now. And then, and then we hit people. <laughs> and it doesn't go like we thought it was. We're not received the way we projected it would be. Again, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves, right? And, and, and the response is so short and seemingly insufficient and at times inappropriate to what we're bringing to the table. And maybe we hang in there, but we do it once or twice or a few times more, and then we're like, you know what? Enough of this. Enough of this. Culture's right. I can justify now backing out of this peacemaking thing. And what happens? And we pull back. We give up on it. But if you, if you revise your thinking and come to the scriptures and say, wait a minute, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. And that's who I am. And because this is who I am, then what's going to come from who I am is faithfulness, meaning holding to keeping peace. I'm going to be faithful and committed to keeping the peace, to creating peace, to contributing to peace. Are you getting me? Faithfulness. In your relationship with Jesus, has he been faithful to you, right? I mean, remember that day you came to Christ, you, you, you decided to come to Jesus. I'm believing and hoping that even today somebody in here is going to come to Jesus, trust in Jesus. And from that moment on, have you been solid like a rock? I haven't. Have you gotten it all right? I haven't. Have you gone without mistake or sin? I have not. And yet Jesus has been faithful, has he not? Jesus remains faithful 100% regardless of what we've done. And you know what? Now you might be saying, well, Dave, you know, here's the thing. Jesus is like God, (laughs) and he's perfect, and I'm not. I get you. I've gone there in my thoughts. Here's this. I'd like to give you something you can chew on and apply. And, you know, God is inviting you today. He's calling you to just show up. Don't take that Jesus is God thing and pack it in. Don't do that. Just show up, man. Just, just get in the game. Just decide right now, I can do this. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up and be a peacemaker in my relationship. And I'm going to keep doing my best to show up. I'm not perfect. I have my things. I might step out to do it and screw it up. or either. I'm just going to keep showing up to be a peacemaker because it's who I am. It's what I was designed for, and that's my path to a beautiful life. You hear me? Faithfulness is in short supply in our generation. Be faithful to God's call on your life. Be faithful to identify with being a peacemaker. Start developing a new narrative in your mind. This is who I am. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful person will be richly blessed. How are you doing being faithful in all of your life? How are you doing with faithfulness? 2 Timothy 2, verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he, Jesus, remains faithful. He's just, he, I mean, he's just inspiring you to be faithful. He's like, look, I'm faithful. No matter what, I'm here, man. I'm faithful to you. I love you. I gave my life for you. I brought peace to you, and it cost me everything. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and God demonstrated his love for you in that, this, that. God demonstrated his love for you and that while you and I 
We're still sinning. We're still being imperfect. Jesus died for us. He paid the price. He sacrificed himself to bring peace into our life. The reason it's easy to be unfaithful is because it's so hard to be faithful and because there's a cost involved. Faithfulness is continuing to show up regardless of the circumstances. Jesus was the most faithful person that ever lived. Regardless of the poor decision we make, of the sins we have, he does not abandon us. He stays with us. Hold on. Listen. When Christy and I went away, we went away for a few days. And, it, you know, the kids went down to Florida uh, to be with their grandparents. And, and we went away for a few days. It was the most number of days we've been away from them since together, uh, since we've started, since we've had children. And, and what was wonderful about it was that it's, it's been a road, man, you know, 23 years I mean, ministering for several years, eight years to kids in the inner city, caring for my grandfather, having twins. It's been a road, man, just, just me. I'm just me being Dave and, 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 and growing in my faith and under incredible circumstances of trying to be a minute. It's just, wow, it's been a road. And we got to sit there and just really, you know what we realize? It's just all about faithfulness, faithfulness of me to her and of her to me and just keep showing up. Uh, even when, you know, you didn't want to show up or even when you didn't know what was the purpose of showing up anymore in our relationship, in our home, in our ministry. Faithfulness of, of the many people that are here today, meaning how incredible as we talked about the faithfulness and the commitment of people here at Cheer City Church, you know, and all, all the goodness that comes from being faithful. But most of all, as we sat there, just the peace. See, when we're faithful to what God has called us to, when we're faithful to one another, we just, it's, it's just peace, man, you know? It, that means there's, there's going to be peace there because faithfulness is the fruit of peace. So I encourage you to keep showing up in your relationship, to keep showing up in your marriage, to keep showing up in situations. Just keep showing up. It's hard to be a peacemaker, but the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Keep fighting for what you know is right. Now, some of you, you've been, again, you've been in church for a long time, and, you, and you're thinking, you know, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a faithful person, and, and I'm a peacemaker. I invite you again to evaluate your life and say, man, is there more conflict in my life than I, there should be? Is, is there a lot of contentious, contentiousness in relationships? You know, I, I had to check that out about two-thirds through my walk with God. I said, wow, it's there too much. And if that's the case, then say, you know what, today, today I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm coming to God in a greater way. There's a card that we hand out. It's a connection card, and on one side, uh, it says, my next step, my next step forward. We're always making steps as, as followers of Jesus. And, and, and today, as someone who's been around church for a while and has kicked this Christian thing around, I'm realizing, you know what, I, I'm going all in. I'm surrendering like I never surrendered before. Today, I'm renewing my relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to be a peacemaker. I, n- I never really thought of it that way. I'm going to bring peace into relationships around me. I'm going to put all my, and take all my energy, take all my resources and my giftings and my abilities, and, and I'm going to look to bring peace into my relationships. I'm going to look to make this world that much better, just a little bit better, one relationship at a time. Now, maybe you came in here today and you didn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, meaning you've not, you don't know peace with God. 
and, and, and thank God you're here, especially on a day like this, and, and, and likely, highly likely, if not certainty, there's something stirring in you. I've sat there in that seat, and I've, I've pondered and wrestled with things in my head and in my heart, and I'm going to just tell you, this, it's God, Holy Spirit, making a deposit in your heart. You would not even be pondering and thinking and wrestling with such things if it was not God touching you and drawing you closer to him, as it says in Ephesians, making a deposit on your soul. God has gotten a hold of you. Just fall into his hands today and say, you know what? I want peace. I want peace with my God. I want peace with God and the peace of God. I want to be a peacemaker. And really, don't separate the two. Don't say, Dave, I dig the peacemaking stuff, but the whole Jesus thing. Now that they come together, man. They come together. You'll be able to be faithful. You'll be able to make those sacrifices as you continually lean on Jesus. So you, you, you just want to humble yourself. You want to think outside yourself. You want to transcend your circumstances. Don't look to any of that. Just fix your eyes on Jesus right now. And you say, just, Jesus, I need you and I love you. God, have mercy. Forgive me of my sins. Those things I did that missed your target. And I'm turning back to you now, God. I'm, I'm coming to you. I want to know more of you. I want to know more of Jesus. I want to trust in him. This we call salvation. This we call the heavens opening up and just God reaching down and picking you up. If that's you on that card that says, I've decided to start a relationship with Jesus, you want to check that box off as they're singing this last song, we rejoice with you. We, we thank God for what he's doing in your life. And, and as Christy says, the best is yet to come. But before you leave here today, I want you to decide something. Today, decide. Decide each one of you. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to live a beautiful life. To God be the glory.